There is so much music out there and so many people with different preferences, but have you ever wondered why it is that you like some music and not others? Have you ever pondered the possibility that your unique energetic blueprint might have some influence over that big why? And how are these artists creating their music and lyrics? Is there some secret formula that anyone can follow? Or is there more of a soul-led endeavor at play? On the Music by Design podcast, we are doing the research and finding out through deep interviews with both lovers and creators of music to find out exactly why it is that we love the music that we do and how the way it's created can impact who's going to like your music. So come dive in with us, start cleaning your house, go on that long road trip because these are long episodes. Hey and welcome my friends to Music by Design. It's me, Anna. I'm just popping in real quick to uh, say thanks for being here. I'm excited for you to hear this first interview. Just a couple things. I'm interviewing my friend Lindsay Mastro. All her details are in the show notes, as usual. All the things we talk about are in the show notes. And there's a cool little post on the Patreon page uh, where I connect her charts and Connor's charts and some of the specific things we talked about in the episode. Um, Also, the giveaway to win a free reading with me is still going until the end of this month, January 2024. So January 31st, the giveaway entries will end. The details to enter are down in the show notes. And also want to remind you to sign up for Song Circle if you are in the central New York area and want to connect and use your voice sing some songs, have a great time, see what happens. (laughs) You can join me and my friend Turi at the Crescent Collective on January 28th from 11 to 1. And yeah, that's also in the show notes. So uh, I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. It's pretty cool. Keep in mind too, I recorded this with Lindsay well over a year ago when the idea for this podcast was just still a twinkle in my eye (laughs) and I needed to try it out. I need to see if this would be something that would be worth doing. So uh, bear with me as I'm a little (laughs) green in the interview process. I'm still green, but very, very, very green in this episode. So just uh, hang with us and enjoy and uh, let me know what you think. Let me know how it all lands and what got your gears turning. I always love to hear what's your favorite, uh, favorite part of the episode. Uh, and just whatever else, even if you don't like it, tell me, I don't care. Like there's lots of stuff out there. I don't like (laughs) you're entitled to not like this too. Like whatever. Uh, I will talk to y'all on the Instagrams and see you over in the Patreon and have a fantastic listening experience. Welcome to Music by Design. This uh, episode is going to be a 
interview of a fan <laughs> like I could if I could say that anymore like dumb uh, <laughs> it's true though this is my first time this is my first time so I don't even I don't have a script <laughs> I'm just joking already don't mind me <laughs> this is totally casual uh, so I got I got my good friend um psychic medium intuitive business witch galore also a client of mine i'm a client of hers we're friends this is we just cannot get enough of each other we can't and so here we are um with Lindsay master giovanni welcome Lindsay. thank you thanks for having me i'm i've been as you know very excited about this since the like birth of it (laughs) since we started talking about it well it's it's, cool that it's happening you're here for the birth right now we're birthing right now so (laughs) like the even like the idea of it like the first time you ever told me I was like oh well this has to happen like this is this is absolutely gonna happen that was what just a few months ago yeah just a few months ago this is something I've been thinking about for um, forever a while a while. Yeah. It's been, it's been brewing in the crock pot in my mind. So, <laughs> uh, so why don't you tell everybody just kind of like, I, I give you a little bit of an intro, but tell everybody kind of like what you do, what you like, uh, favorite color, what business is like, all that good stuff. <laughs> all right. Well, what I do a lot of, as Anna mentioned, I'm a psychic medium, um, which is, you know, I have been my whole life, but I've only been actively practicing for about the last six years or so, kind of getting my arms around what that feels like and means like and means for the rest of the world. And that's been rocking and rolling, especially the last like year or so has been a ton of mediumship readings and I'm loving it more than ever. And in addition to that, I also am an HR and business consultant. So I work with a lot of it just it happens to be spiritual people who are um, entrepreneurs or doing some type of a business startup to help them kind of frame out their plans for how to build their business. And then on the other side, I work with some, um, you know, small to mid-sized businesses, uh, more uh, previously organized companies to help them with their HR and leadership strategy and platform. So that's kind of my career background. That's what I've been doing for longer than I want to say, because I don't want to know that I'm that old, but <laughs> I think 15 years. And um, yeah, I, I just really felt passionate about bringing in the spirituality aspect and really helping people understand that you can be spiritual in the workplace and not have it totally change the way that you do business or not have it totally change the way that people perceive you as a professional or as an entrepreneur or a hard worker or any of those things. So that's kind of my overall charge for my life in the world is to really bridge that gap between the woo stuff and the business world. And um, I do that all through Blue Moon Growth Co. Nice. Awesome. Oh, and favorite color is probably, I'm going to go with like some shade of purple. That's usually where it ends up. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. I like to actually say, what's your favorite color right now? Yeah. For me, it changes. it changes, you know, every couple of years I get into mm-hmm. a new color. So, so this is a podcast about spirituality, the intersection of spirituality and music. Mm-hmm. So what kind of role has music played for you in your life? You know, you can start in childhood, you can start, you can start now and go backwards, whatever feels right. I, it's always played a giant role in my life for many different aspects. I think as 
a kid, it was definitely a, a something that I used to connect to myself and try to understand the world around me. And I kind of grew up in an environment where I didn't necessarily always know that people understood the way that my brain was working. Um, and just in general, like us as a generation, especially things like mediumship and potentially like neurodivergency, people didn't know that 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 was something you could do about that. It was just kind of like, she thinks differently or she's quote gifted, which I'm like triggered by the word gifted, by the way. (laughs) So um, music for me was really, if I could find something that I just really resonated with, it was like gold to me. Um, So there's that aspect of just the connection and the understanding. And um, in addition to that, it really framed a ton of my very close friendships that I still have to music is tends to be like the central kind of hub for, um, you know, compassion and companionship and all those things. And a lot of my friendships and my, even my marriage. Tell me about that. How did you meet your husband? (laughs) That's a fun story. I worked at this small grocery store in Macedon, New York called PNC. And I grew up just outside of Rochester. Worked there for like a couple of years or something. You know, I was a cashier for three minutes and then quickly in typical Lindsay fashion was like, I need to do more. And I ended up in the office and, um, you know, even at like 17, I was working full-time hours because I just needed to do something. Um, So it's all worked out awesome because it taught me so much. But because I was spending so much time in the office, I was just a little bit more intimately connected to what was going on from like a management aspect, nothing crazy, but more so than just being on the front end as a cashier in a grocery store. And um, we had like a management switch over. And I remember actually the moment I met my now husband, because I was standing up at the service center during my shift. And the new manager was coming in that day with our current manager to kind of do like a switchover. And they both walked by the front desk. And I turned to my friend who was working with me and I said, that guy looks like Adam Sandler. (laughs) And it was my now husband, Um, which, you know, years we've been together now for 15 years. But, um, you know, since like that day, it's just an ongoing thing. Constantly, everybody sees him and is like, oh, my God, he looks like Adam Sandler. And then we found that Facebook group that's like people who aren't Adam Sandler, but look like Adam Sandler. So it's been a whole thing. But yeah, the the whole music thing with him is interesting because he has the same drive and passion for music that I do, but we like very different music. Um, He's a metalhead. He's like obsessed. You know, Metallica is number one, obviously. We, We went to actually see them last week in Buffalo and um, you know Slayer and Machine Head and Pantera and um, those are like the good one the ones that I would consider good because the good they're good ones. at making music yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> the some of the shit he listens to is like I'm like I can't like we just can't do this <laughs> but I appreciate music for music even if it's not like a genre I would typically listen to so right. I'm kind of all over the board yeah, I've had a similar experience with a past boyfriend who is into like metal hardcore. There's definitely some good bands and there's some not so good bands. Yeah. Um yeah. like just keep a rhythm, bro, and I'll be <laughs> in. But I just if we're just hitting that drum for the sake of hitting the drum, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I actually had a lot of inspiration from a metal guitarists as I was learning to play the mandolin. Um, oh. I'm watching these guys shred and I'm like, these guys are shredding. And then I'm watching bluegrass mandolin players. Ripping. Oh yeah. 
mm-hmm. men. And I'm like, these these guys are the same. They're doing yeah. the same. Oh, the same totally. Shit. Mike says that all the time. He Every time he hears something that's not metal, he's like, if they just made this metal, it would be so good. <laughs> and he it, like he's, he does the same thing. He's like, this is metal. It's just like slowed down, boring metal. And um, he also is like, oh, man, that drummer looks so bored. <laughs> it's like just regular music. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. That's funny. That is funny. So, so he loves metal. What, um, what's your music, musical preference and taste? (laughs) Well, as of late, so growing up, I was definitely emo kid. I was a skater. I, you know, tried to wear black nail polish until my mom yelled at me and told me to take it off. Like I I was definitely the emo skater kid. So that was my go-to music, you know, taking back Sunday and brand new, brand new was, you know, those were good. But my like go-to as a kid was bright eyes for sure. I was like super just the world is the world is a bleak place and Connor Oberst makes me happy and he gets me and his words are amazing and definitely a huge bright eyes fan. And that's like that was kind of my immediate for my like, you know, impressionable teenage years. But I also have always just been a country fan. Like, you know, good country. Like but not like I don't know. I don't even know how to define good or bad country, but we'll probably get to that at some point. But that's just been a constant to me growing up. So I still listen to country um, classics, you know, Led Zeppelin, Janis Joplin, anything from the 70s I can flip out and get into. And um, I like, again, I appreciate everything for what it is, but those are my go-tos and jam bands. I mean, come on. Everybody loves a good jam band. Mo is my like other favorite band. Okay. What do you feel about Bob Dylan? Just curious. I freaking love Bob Dylan. And this is the thing. (laughs) I like, you know, original Bob Dylan in his day, amazing, a poet with music behind it. And I, again, I think that might be why I actually appreciate him. It's not necessarily because of the music. It's because of the storytelling and the words. Um, And his voice is just unique. But I, I think it's really the... You, I can, um, and I'm sure this has something to do with me being a psychic medium, but I, I feel music. Like I feel the energy physically in my body. And he's one of those artists that when you listen to it, I can feel it. Like I know that there's passion there. So it doesn't necessarily mean that like, it's super great. It just means I feel it and I resonate with it. But if you listen to him in the last 10 years live, I'm like, dude, just stop. Like you're... <laughs> You're, none of these new kids if I sound like an old person none of these new kids are going to understand like the magnificence that was Bob Dylan all they're going to hear now is like kind of this like confused old guy up on stage right. and I feel like it's gonna <laughs> like I don't know erode his genius right like it it's better to burn out than to fade away yeah right like just give it up dude we get it uh, you're Bob Dylan you don't yeah. have to prove anything mm. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, you're smiling. I feel like you're connecting dots. I am. I am. This is good. <laughs> this is good. I was curious because I didn't know we hadn't talked about Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a leading question, but I'm glad that you're like, oh yeah, I know. So like, how well do you know, like his, his like discography, like, like, can you like rattle off names of songs and albums and stuff like mm-hmm. that? Or no, I can't no. rattle off albums. Um, pro- I can tell you that like, some of my top faves from Bob Dylan are Tangled Up in Blue. Oh, I knew you were going to say that one. 
And literally, um, that was the first one that I heard in my head. Oh, really? Talking about it. Yeah, that's a funny story. So I, I think I get a lot of my um, music appreciation from my dad. We have very similar kind of thoughts around music, and it is like center of our conversations too. And he loves Bob Dylan, and he um, had a boat a few years ago. And when he was trying to debate on a name for the boat, it was going to be Tangled Up in Blue. <laughs> that is. Such uh, a- beautiful song i just love it and the hurricane's another one that i really love um hard rain and um this one kind of snuck in like in the more recent years i heard it in passing it's actually a um duet with johnny cash it's girl from the north country Mm. uh that one has personal meaning to me so i really love that one too cool a song of his that uh i covered a lot um, in my last band that I really loved is called uh, One More Cup of Coffee. Mm-hmm. It's from a, the live, um, it's like a live show that they recorded. It's got a, I don't remember the name of it. Uh, it'll come to me <coughs> or it won't, <coughs> whatever. But <laughs> um, yeah, Tangled Up in Blue. It's a, like, so I'm also kind of like a little bit psychic. Uh, and like no. literally it popped no, in, no, it no. popped in as, as, I I was uh, going to ask you before I even asked you what your favorite song was. I already know it was Take a Look. <laughs> no, that's cool. Slight uh, advantages to being a psychic. Right. <laughs> and already having like a connection with each other. Yeah. Okay. So now let's, I want to, I want to hash this out a little bit more when you, let's say, let's pick like, let's say Tangled Up in Blue. When you listen to that song, or maybe we should even play it right now. And then l- your favorite Connor Oberst, Bright Eyes song, like one of your top ones you named was like oh four gosh. was four wins. Yeah. Right? I actually like that song. Of all his music that I listened to, <laughs> which was really hard. I know you told me you were like, this blows. I, <laughs> I'll be totally candid. I don't like Bright Eyes at all. I was well, like, and I never listened to them before, and now I know why. Because <laughs> doesn't appeal but like i understand like the couple of songs that have been like slipped into a movie soundtrack like the mm-hmm. eternal sunshine of the spotless mind oh, oh my or, god my favorite movies of all time or like four winds when i listened to four winds i was like oh this is kind of fun it's like a country song well, it's a lot like your music too isn't it yeah yeah, yeah a little bit folky. and it's about yeah. like and it's talking about toxic capitalism and yeah. you know all the shitty things that are wrong with the world and i get it i totally get it so I like that song too. So let's say, let's say that song versus Tangled Up in Blue. Mm-hmm. And you, are you able to like distinguish like on the spot here? Like what, what kind of, mm, what's being drawn out of you or what are you, what are you feeling from one artist to another, from one song to another? Are they similar? Are they different? Can you um I, I think I can. What's interesting about Four Winds, well, first I'll start here. What's interesting about the song Four Winds and a few other individual songs from Bright Eyes, those are I appreciate that song in particular because of the music, not as much because of the lyrics or the mm-hmm. words. Whereas okay. the vast majority of Bright Eyes, I appreciate because of the lyrics. Um, so there's that piece of like four winds I like because of how it sounds and how it makes me feel inside when it's playing and then with like tangled up in blue the music's fantastic the words are great but 
the two of those songs together for making the comparison between like a four winds and a tangled up i think what i appreciate and i'm gonna try to explain this in the best way possible because it's like mostly about feeling um they both make me feel as if i am unleashed like there's they're both so i almost want to say like ethereal like there's no um even though it's about it could be about like you know quote negative things or like problems in the world both of those songs put me in this place where I feel like anything is possible and it's just like this open dialogue where we can just banter and like release anything that we want to release with no we don't need a solution and we don't need to talk about like what's going to happen next. It's just being in the moment and like appreciating that feeling for what it is. It, it's, uh, oh, duh. it took me forever. Creative expression. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. I, it, I have to talk for 10 minutes before I can get the the words to come out, you know? Oh girl, it's, it's uh that's cause you have a, a motorized throat. <laughs> <laughs> that's what being a manifester is. So for let's, let's, I'll take that that moment here to segue just real pop in real quick so in the realm of human design Lindsay is a 5-1 emotional manifester I am a 5-1 emotional manifesting generator so we have a lot of <laughs> uh similar energies same thing I catch myself talking in circles all the time <laughs> but I love this podcast because now I can listen to other people talk in circles and be like oh is that is that what it's like no, but that's, but that's how the mechanics of the motorized throat works is you have to like talk yourself around in a circle until you get back to your original point. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of what Bob Dylan does too, a little bit. Uh, yeah, probably. That makes sense. Whole lot of talking. So he's a manifesting generator too. So he also has the motorized throat and he has an emotional wave. He has the same emotional wave as me. He has the 2034 channel. So that's basically what he's doing is he's mm -hmm. talking himself around in a big old circle. And I feel like that's kind of like what the whole beat generation did. Yeah, right. <laughs> like that's what Jack Kerouac did That's too. probably why I connect so much with like, like I just mentioned, I'm like pretty much anything in the seventies. Like it's probably a thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So in, in my like research that I've been doing on this, as I've been looking up the, the human design charts of all these different artists, uh, a common thread I've been finding is for singer songwriters who are very poetic, mm -hmm. like Bob Dylan and uh, Jim Morrison. And just, I mean, oh, we can, so I good. can, yeah, you can and, go on forever. And even ones outside of like that era, like more, more contemporary people like Brian um, Adams and yeah. And uh, uh, what's her name? Fiona Apple. And mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm blanking. Amy Winehouse. I was literally there. <laughs> yeah, that was one. They are their their music lyrically evokes mm -hmm. incredible depth of emotion, right? Yeah. They're really really good at expressing what they're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. They are all emotionally defined manifesting generators. That's <laughs> like, funny. It's it's a trend. I'm just noticing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you can't make that kind of music if you're not that type you know of energy but it's there's a different quality to it and a different perspective that comes um mm -hmm. like when I interviewed my friend Jess Novak um in whatever episode that's going to be uh she is a she's not emotionally defined and she's not she doesn't have a motorized throat the quality of her music 
evokes emotion in a very different way. It's mm-hmm. not that it doesn't evoke emotion, but it evokes a different, different, um, it's a different route that it takes where she's observing the collective and mm-hmm. she's basically collecting stories from others and synthesizing them into an archetype that she expresses through her songs. It's like a form of channeling almost. Yes. That's exactly mm-hmm. what, when, when you have an open throat, that's basically, it's a, like you can have, you can have a defined throat and be a channel, but it's different. You're channeling your truth that mm-hmm. comes from source. When right. you have an open throat, you're channeling the truth of collective, the collective. That's so cool. It's mm-hmm. so, so cool. That's also like what just other, other artists who have open throats that's, you can see that in their music. It's really, mm. really cool. I'm going to need a full list. I hope you know. I'm just- yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't have the um, organizational skills to have that spreadsheet made yet, but I've thought about it's making like, that spreadsheet. I'm just going to come to you every single time I listen to a new piece of music and be like, tell me what the deal is. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Okay. So I want to get to the really juicy part here. So, mm-hmm. so Jeez. Lindsay, Lindsay told me ahead of time that she like Connor Oberst is her like one and only. And <laughs> so in a period of time in my life where it was important, but, yeah. but he, but it's come back around. Like, I think I'm going through the same, like, you know, inner child work and, you know, making sure I'm the person who I always wanted to be and uh, which is going fantastically over the last few years. And um, so since then, I've been listening to a lot of Bright Eyes again. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also read just another side note. I read in my research as I've been researching Connor Oberst because I knew nothing about him or really the music at all before this. In my research, I stumbled across this, like, I think it was meant to be like a sarcastic article, but it was an article someone had written about how he had said that he went back and listened to all of Bright Eyes' music from the 90s and early 2000s, and that he didn't, he felt bad and didn't know what he was doing. (laughs) And he's so sorry to all the teenage kids who fell in love with his music. I know. I I think it was tongue in cheek, but or or not even tongue in cheek, tongue out of cheek. But I think this person just really doesn't like Connor Oberst, whoever wrote this article. (laughs) But it made me laugh a little bit. And um, you know, he's been touring again recently and had reunited Bright Eyes, and it's definitely not hitting the same as it. No, no, it's not. You know, it, it used to be what it needed to be at the time and I don't listen to new bright eyes I listen to old bright eyes. like I listen to what I loved you know so and and I did hear some stories about some of his more recent tours have not been uh super great yeah. going the way of Bob Dylan yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm, funny hmm. that's that's another angle for me to investigate a little bit further but do you know where Bob Dylan's from um I guess not I, I in my head for some reason it was california but i don't i have zero mm-hmm. idea if that's true or not so he was born in lubbock texas okay you know where connor oberst is from omaha nebraska yeah yeah they're not the same place <laughs> no <laughs> no uh, coincidentally however tell me they're on the same line or something <laughs> so so i'm gonna go i'm gonna lay some prepave the road here for a second okay so we're going to get into the mm, energetic spiritual stuff here for a second. 
Mm, no, <laughs> more. We don't do that ever. More. So when we're born, we're imprinted with this neutrino stream that is coming from outer space, from all the planetary bodies out there. And we in astrology and human design, we're specifically looking at the ones closest to us. So the planets, their positions, um, certain asteroids like Chiron, Aries, Black Moon, Lilith, all these sorts of mm -hmm. different other bodies, because where they are in the sky affects, it's like a filter of mm -hmm. how that neutrino stream is hitting us. Likewise, and so, so like, that's, that's our, that's our expression that's steady for us all the time is that mm -hmm. it's like a little template that comes mm -hmm. through and hits our bodies. The moment we're born, we see this in our natal charts. We see this in our human design. Similarly, when I, I think from a music standpoint, as an artist, when you record a piece of music and it now exists as a physical thing, something, some sort of, it's a vibration that's now vibrating throughout the universe. Every time someone hits play on that YouTube video, every time someone puts that record on, every time someone tunes to it um, in a car radio or anything like that, that imprint of that person's expression is now recorded uh, into that piece of music that now gets to live on indefinitely. And so anytime someone <laughs> listens to a piece of music, you're like tapping into that person's, that person's blueprint, that person's mm -hmm. expression as it comes through in their lyrics, in the music they've written, so on. Oh, that's so interesting. I've never thought about music as like a capturing a point in time. I think it's capturing a point in time, a place, and specifically that that person's specific mm -hmm. energetic expression. Yeah. And so what comes in underneath that is where they were born. Mm -hmm. So part because because you could be born at the same time and the same date exactly as somebody else, but on opposite sides of the country, and the blueprint is going to be different. different positioning. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The blueprint is going to be different. Okay. So, okay. I'm baseline, excited. baseline understanding. So now <laughs> if I pull up and I'm going to show you in a second here so you can see it, what we call a locational astrology map or mm -hmm. what some people might call astrocartography. So now we're taking, yes. we're taking the planetary placements from the moment you were born and through all kinds of fun calculations that the computer does that my brain can't, can't <laughs> comprehend, but I trust it. Uh, we then, we put in your birth information into this software that calculates these lines that get overlaid onto a map of the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In your chart, Lindsay. Stop. I'm excited. <laughs> this is so cool. So in your chart, you have, Lindsay is a Taurus sun, uh, Pisces rising with a Scorpio moon. For anybody that's an astrology geek, you know what that means. I'm not going to explain it all right here, but what's what's important i think to to really look at is in her chart so here's your chart over here you see this big red line that goes to the middle lindsay has her sun and her jupiter and taurus fairly like they're like on top of each other they're only like half a degree apart and then just straight across on the other side of her chart in scorpio is her moon and her uh, Pluto, like 
180 degrees opposite the side of the chart. This is wild because in an astro cartography chart, these four placements wind up running right next to each other. And guess where? Stop it. I'm bringing out. <laughs> Freaking Texas and Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> your, oh your moon and Pluto descending lines. So in astrocartography, your descendants are how you will see those planetary energies reflected to you through others. Mm -hmm. And your moon is your connection to your emotions. So you're feeling connected to your emotions through people who are from Omaha, Nebraska. This is insane. You also have your sun line and your Jupiter line ascendant running very, very close to those places too. All four of these lines run close. So your sun and uh, Jupiter, so how you shine the brightest and how you feel most expansive, you mm. will, you will, you will feel that coming out of you from these places from Omaha, Nebraska. So like, as you're listening to the music, you're feeling like seen for who you are, you're feeling expansive. And likewise, what you're getting from him, from Connor Overs in his music is an emotional connection. And this Plutonian like um, transformative, cyclical, very like underworld journey. Anna, this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I cool. know about cartography or astrocartography, but like, I can't believe you figured this out. <laughs> and and see this guy up here. This is your Mars IC, and IC is about like your environment. Yeah. We throw this into the mix. Look at where this IC line crosses all four of those lines. It's pretty darn close to where Bob Dylan is from. Oh my gosh. So it was a leading question because I was like, I was like, what town is near here? And then I Googled like what famous musicians are from near oh, from Texas. And Bob Dylan was the top one that came up in that list. I don't think I'm ever telling another story ever again. Like this is the only one that <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm telling everyone. I know. Don't worry. I will send them the podcast link. So I would also say. <laughs> In general, just looking at where these four lines kind of go through, like the Midwest. I know. know? Like, could this be more boring? I mean, <laughs> no, but in general, as a genre, like emo punk, skater music, hardcore music, even a lot of metal music comes out of the Midwest, right? Like, that's so funny. Kids that are stuck in the middle of Kansas that don't have anything else to do but make angry music. I need to take a trip to Wichita, <laughs> I think, is what I need to do. Yeah, I mean, Wichita and Omaha, I think you're going to connect to these um, places really strongly. But but here's the thing. The way astrocartography works is you don't actually have to go to those places. You're mm -hmm. connecting to those energies through the music that is coming from those. That places. was made yes. from a person who is from. Yes. Yeah, that's yes. insane. Not only is Connor Oberst from Omaha, he lives there. He's mm -hmm. never leaving Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> like that's he's he he owns Warren Buffett's house. I don't know if you knew that. He he bought he bought Warren Buffett's house and turned it. Into oh well, he's doing just fine stuff. then. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so I here's and I I don't know if you I don't even know if we talked about this another interesting thing about Connor Oberst that I've discovered a number of years ago um it was when he came out with his album Casadega mm-hmm. so you know uh mm-hmm. Lilydale New York the mm-hmm. br- the home of spiritualism um the birth of spiritualism if you will in western New York I'm in love with it's literally like my favorite place here here like I love a lot of places I love to travel but Lilydale it just it does have a special energy I swear to god you walk through the gates there and you're just in another world um the name of that place is where that town is Lilydale New York that's like the new name for it that was developed after the spiritualism movement and all that but it's Casadega it's Lake Mm -hmm. Casadega Casadega Lake I should say um so (laughs) freaking Connor Oberst comes out with this album called Casadega and I lost my mind I'm like what the hell? Well, what he was talking about, the Casadega that he's referring to, and if you listen, um, I know you're like not a fan, but just listen to the first yeah. track mm-hmm. of that album. It's actually a recorded um, conversation. Did you you know what I'm talking about? Yep. It's yep. a lady, it's a realtor talking about how there's a vortex at this place called Casadega. Um, what they're referring to is actually like a sister city of Lilydale in Florida called Casadega. Um, it stemmed off from Lilydale, New York. So a lot of people actually are more familiar with the Casadega in Florida than they are with uh, Lilydale, New York. And they both are these places that have these like energy vortexes. So me being, a, you know, I'm a medium, like that's what I do. Um, even before I practiced and really knew what I was doing, it was my everyday experience and obsessed with Connor Oberst and Bright Eyes and then I'm like 18 and he comes out with this album called Casadega and I lost my mind <laughs> and so I like went down this wormhole trying to figure out what his connection was and then I find out he spent like years studying with mediums and he was obsessed with spiritualism and not spirituality but spiritualism like the religion that is in the practice of mediumship and the connection to spirit um and he wrote an entire album about it. And I, I'm like, this is just, and so Four Winds, one of the songs on that album and Hot Knives is like my other favorite one on there. Um, they are particularly about those, like the four elements and energy and how they all play together. That whole album is, but those two songs in particular really stick out to me. Yeah. So another even, really weird connection between the two of us. Yeah. He mentions Casadega in that song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so- it's the first words that, she it's like a recording of a late I think she's like oh Casadega it's like the first thing she says in the song so I hadn't done this yet but uh I just pulled up his astrocartography chart just just for shits and giggles and his moon goes really really close to Florida it's not it's not it's not exact so it's not like I'm not trying to force a theory here but his moon, which it's his moon ascendant. So the way he he felt very emotionally connected, more emotionally connected in Florida, or also if he went to Detroit <laughs> or any of these places that fall on this line, this blue line. Mm-hmm. Um, but even being near Florida is was going to be feeling, he would feel more emotionally connected to his own emotions hmm. while in those places. So amazing. It's cool. I mean, Omaha for him is kind of a neutral place. I found that like places where 
our lines are not super close if we're in kind of like a dead like a dead zone or like a a neutral zone in the astro map Mm -hmm. those are just places where it just kind of feels like mm, we we can just be in our own energy yeah we can just Mm -hmm. exist without too much like and who wants to do that extra stuff Well, when you're like me and you live really close to your Mars line, you would love to get <laughs> you need I a would little break. Love to get off of my Mars line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so there's another aspect here. So just revisiting your astro lines, your moon lines, and all that. If we look at, <laughs> here's where we bring in the human design charts back in. You're on the left. He's on the right. Your moon is in gate four and 44. He has gate 63, which connects to four. Gate 63 is one of his Mercuries. It's it's like through his way that he communicates and imprints that into his music, it's making a complete channel for you to connect to your unconscious moon gate Hmm. and it's completing this channel so that actually you're getting ideas downloads all kinds of i'm picking up what he's putting down you're picking up what he's putting down very strongly and it's it's like a complementary connection energy or what we would call electromagnetic connection oh so like this is getting really out there and a lot of human design folks don't uh that i found haven't explored this as a possibility but through what i've come to understand and experience through energetics and things like reiki and energy work and all that time doesn't exist and neither does space and uh energy (laughs) uh, you know (laughs) it may sound like a cop-out but it's just like it's true like you can you can send energetic healing into the future you can send it into the past because everything's happening simultaneously so Mm we can tap into the energetic imprint of that music to get um, to tap into these connections that we are, our energy, our energetic imprint is seeking. So tell me again, the, this gate where there's the connection, what is the like focus around that gate? This channel is channel. Sorry. I don't know the terminology. Yeah. yeah. No, it's okay. So Try. Six, I'm gate, getting there. Gate 63 is the gate of doubt. And gate four is the gate of answers. So it's this channel of um, questioning everything, which is what he has. He has the uh-huh. gate that questions everything. You have the gate that's seeking the answers. And the gate that's seeking the answers is your what your body is emotionally seeking. You're seeking the questions to the answers that your body already holds. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense for me just personally, even without the connection. But yeah. And you're you're cool. getting you're getting that full cycle. It's like he has the questions that you have the answers to. So just looking at his like just this little piece here, and I think from before, he doesn't have a whole lot of gates that connect. He only has one channel in his whole design. And it's okay. So when gates connect, it's a channel. Yeah. Well, okay. The channel, the channel is there. (laughs) It's just a fully defined channel. Okay. He only has one fully defined channel, and it's the channel of providing 
well this uh, is making me feel like bad for him <laughs> so do you know much about the... i guess i only have what two you have two fully defined channels you have split definition um you have the spleen connected to the will center and then the solar plexus connected to the throat. That's what makes you a manifester is the solar plexus to the throat. Um, so you do have a split in your definition and I believe, so you can see where you two have some similarities in your energy. You've got gate eight and 33. He has gate eight and 33 for you, for him, gate eight is his, uh, unconscious earth. That's kind of like a grounding point for all of this energy for him. Mm -hmm. Um, for you, gate eight is your mercury. So what grounds him helps is part of what, how you communicate. 13 is your unconscious sun and your conscious Mars for him. 13 is his moon. So you guys have a lot of these like flip it turn it around opposite mirror Pop it twist have, it pull yeah, it yeah <laughs> so in the energies that you have you have the same um energies defined but they're in flipped positions so it's like mm. where his mercuries are your moons and your moons are his mercuries and like it's so we're really is what you're saying so <laughs> You just have a lot in common and I can see, I can see why you love his music so much. That's ultimately what I'm getting at is I, I can, I can understand. I can understand why. And I can see it in your charts. The locational astrology piece, I think is the strongest piece for me, but knowing that your moon line runs through Omaha and your moon gates are connected in ways to his Mercury and his Mercury gates are connected to your, you know, like they, mm -hmm. they're, they're like folding in on each other. It's really cool. Oh my gosh. This is the coolest. Do you know much about the new project that he's doing? It's no. the, what's it called? It's called like the something community. No, I I've heard about it, but I, I have not done any kind of research into it or what he's actually doing. I just, heard some rumors oh better oblivion community center is the name of their new project <laughs> better oblivion you know you sent me on quite a uh quite a, a, a rabbit time. hole quite a rabbit yeah. hole here so i looked up her name is phoebe bridgers and she's also like um i don't know i didn't look up her music much but she's like an emo kid too mm -hmm. and she kind of looks like the chick from uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I love it. It's the Khaleesi. Yeah. Um, in this picture. So I got curious and I was like, oh, what's what's their relationship here? What's what's going on here? So we look we're looking at their two charts. They both only have two centers defined. Connor has his sacral and solar plexus, which makes him an emotional generator. Phoebe only has her third eye and throat defined, which makes her a, a mental projector. They, they have completely opposite designs, but with similarities. Here's the really, really cool part. Connor's sun and earth are gates 30 and 29 on the conscious side, and his unconscious sun and earth are 14 and 8. 
Phoebe's sun and earth on the conscious side are 29 and 30 and her sun and earth on the design side are eight and 14. They have the same four gates that make up their dominant, most dominant energies, what Hmm. we call the cross of incarnation. They have the exact same cross of incarnation, but a slightly different variation because they were born on opposite sides of the wheel of the year. Connor was born in February and yes, she was born in August. They were born literally six months apart from each other. So Hmm. they're reflecting to each other like this perfectly harmonious flip of where Connor is shining out consistently, she's grounding. And where he's grounding, she's shining. And it's like, they are literally this perfect combination um, to be so in alignment and like creating the same music. And that's nuts. Um, We need to send this to them. (laughs) Uh, Let's just call them up. I don't know if they would think it's weird, but they're... Um, they're, I guarantee he would not think it's weird. Did we not just talk about Connor? (laughs) Well, (laughs) their charts are common knowledge. You can just put into Google Phoebe Bridger's human design and her chart. But they don't have this whole analysis, Anna. But uh, just I just wanted to like pull that up. I'm sure if I sat with all this stuff more, I mean, her moon is the same as your moon. She has the same unconscious moon as you too. So you might actually, you might actually like like her music if you or her with check it out check it out well i've been i'm a little like jaded i think just because of his more later music not jaded like i don't care it's just i wasn't into it so i just haven't kept up on anything new he had i was just very satisfied with how he made me feel back you know 20 years ago (laughs) but well as 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 i've mentioned i just his music for the most part is like nails on a chalkboard in my brain torture i really don't like it um i it's hard for me to even understand what the hell his lyrics are saying i've even tried (laughs) i've tried reading them and i just i like poetry i don't know what the hell he's talking about so it's hard for me to connect but when i saw them they they were doing a uh kexp seattle one of those um Mm -hmm. live shows it's like a show and interview um with their new project I really liked the music it actually Hmm. I could listen to it I liked the two of them together they're not they're not trying to be like a duet they're trying to be two two they're trying to be like two lead singers together at the same time and it actually kind of works and I really like Hmm. it yeah I like I'll check it out for sure yeah highly recommend checking it out whoo so I feel like that was kind of the, the climax here. We've birthed. Oh my gosh. Baby that was is, the coolest. Baby is born. Um, <laughs> it all makes sense now. Yeah. So, so yeah, let's, let's just sit with it for a second. How's it? Uh, what's it? Is there anything coming up for you? Any questions, new curiosities, new, like, I don't know, new anything or questions or anything that's coming up for you as you're well, this to me, like, just solidifies a why if it did exist. Um, th- with me, everything is like the why. Why is this happening? I need to know the connection. Um, sometimes I figure it out. Sometimes I don't. But with <clears throat> um, Connor Oberst and Bright Eyes and his music, the difference, I think, was I never needed a why. 
because it was so connected. Like it, it was just no question. It was just, this is what it is. And it makes me feel good. And I don't give a shit about any, anything else. So it's, it, it's a very different kind of attitude that I take with those types of things. Whereas things that I have any question or any doubt about doesn't mean there's not curiosity. I'm always very curious about everything, but with that, I never like questioned it. I was just kind of like, this is, um, but what it does bring up for me is just questioning everything else. Like, okay. So if I'm so driven to this, why am I so driven to something else? And why are people dr- driven to connect with other people? And like, what does it all mean? Like, what are the secrets to the universe? I'm sorry. I didn't mean for that to happen to you. <laughs> but I think, I think you just verbalized what I was trying to explain with the 63 and the four connection in the head there. Okay. That's, that's that connection is that you never, when, when you're, when your gate four in the third eye is, has been seeking the why in everything else, but with Connor's music, he has the why. Mm-hmm. He has the why and you, it doesn't need to be explained. It doesn't need to be explained. It just is mm-hmm. when, whenever we have an energy in the chart, that's like a hanging, what we call a hanging gate, or mm-hmm. like half a channel. It's, it is Ooh. actively seeking. Did it you is, see my, yeah. my fall out of my head? <laughs> when we have a hanging gate, only half of a channel, it is always kind of running in the background, looking for the other side of the channel. It's looking for that other energy because it wants to be fully defined. And so that... like, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I have a question. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> so it kind of maybe split question. One, would you consider then like the perfect match, the one that you just saw between like Connor and Phoebe or, and then second piece of that question, maybe you can answer it in one is in all of your readings and all of your human design work, have you found what you would consider like the perfect match of people in a comparison? No. And here's why. And this is why compatibility readings, I feel like is not helpful. Mm -hmm. A relationship reading is something else where you're already in relationship or you want to just see like, why do I love this person's music so much and we mm-hmm. can find it in the chart like we found the 63 and the four for you and mm-hmm. Connor is he's completing that he's helping you complete that channel and I'm sure if you made music and he listened to yours it would complete it would give him some answers to something Ooh. you know or okay. or like if you coached him on business <laughs> or something yeah, okay <laughs> you know it would it would connect for him in a way you know mm-hmm. but to say that one is more ideal than another in any aspect in the chart is it's not it's not like that it's not that black and white there's mm-hmm. so much nuance here you could have because they're all different areas of yeah there it's all life. different it's all different areas of life and also everyone's on a different part in their journey someone else who has gate four as a hanging gate might hate Connor Ober's music because of where they're at in their journey. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they found something else that sounds totally different that but that person also has the same gate. 
Yeah. Or something. Yeah. They might, okay, they gotcha. might not have lines that go through Omaha, Nebraska either. They might yeah. have that missing. They might have oh that gate gosh. four. You know, this is I like think a it's, cosmic. Fucking it is connection. like a perfect, <laughs> I think, I think it's just like a very nuanced individual little cosmic soup. Well, that, that makes my little unique heart feel so happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's just like the ultimate confirmation that, yeah. Uh, that's all it is it's just like yeah af- and it's affirmation and confirmation that of something I just knew like because I just knew it right and it's also why that's not the only music you like oh, right totally it's not like I'm just super obsessed yeah and and I can also tell you that like like I said it before a lot of his music isn't even necessarily the music it's the lyrics yeah. that come out of it right so and you know I can go both ways yeah but then I can also turn on Garth Brooks and love garth brooks from 1993 for two weeks you know what i mean like it just doesn't matter oh my gosh so his chart looks a lot like phoebe bridger's chart that's funny he's got he's a mental projector with the same how did you find that in two seconds because i it's google baby (laughs) um so genetic matrix is the software that i use and Mm -hmm. um they have compiled a massive library of charts of famous people okay that's why so cool. i can if i can the more famous they are the easier it is to find their chart obscure mm-hmm. people it's a little bit harder harder to find but um like a local if i googled like a local musician that i know that i won't find their chart on genetic matrix because genetic matrix doesn't know who they are but um somebody like garth brooks even Connor Connor Oberst and Phoebe Bridgers, people who are famous enough, um, and pretty much just about anybody else that you could name that's like a famous somebody that is a household name. I can just you just put in their name mm. and and then human design. They're they're both Aquarius too, Aquarius Sun. Yeah, they're born uh, a week apart. Mm-hmm. And cool. in Tulsa, he was born in Tulsa. Oh, oh was that was that on the let's line? Go back. Let's look. <laughs> Oh, close. Not really. It's, it's close. It's close. It's it's close enough where, you know, you don't have to be right on your line, but close enough. And like, what's this green line over here is your, oh, I, don't, I can't see what it is. I think that's one of your, I think that's your Mercury. So it's between, you can also be between lines and still be getting this reverberation, but Tulsa is pretty darn close to that that's moon funny. line. So you're going to get more, it's going to be the, the emotional connection that you're going to see you're going to get from him is going to be stronger than any of the other ones this is the coolest <laughs> i was so excited for this conversation and now it's like i didn't even know i would get some type of like existential confirmation off of it but <laughs> yes that's what we're here for yes. oh so cool oh i want to ask you do you have any like musical inclination have you ever played any instruments growing up or i do secrets I do. Or talents yeah i don't think we've ever even talked about this which is weird um so and it's actually sitting right over there so i played guitar when i was I don't know, 10 through 17-ish. Um, I actually recorded three songs um, it, yeah, with the help of my teacher at the time. Um, where they are, I have no idea. I'd have to ask my niece because they were put on like a CD. <laughs> and I think I had like three copies of that CD, two were in order to be found. But the last I knew, my niece had a copy of it. Um, and I would freaking love to go back and listen to it again. I'll have to listen to her, but 
You gotta um, find them and send them to Connor Oberst. Oh yeah, okay. Like <laughs> here's my songs from when I was 13 years old. Um they were very folky. Can you remember how any of them go, even just a little? Um yes. I'd have to get out my guitar and play it to it's like muscle memory. I'd have to get out and do it. Do it. Um it was C D E kind of like over and over again. Okay. Um Do you remember the words? Do, Any of the words? Ever? Oh god, no. I'd have to I could probably remember the chorus if I but I'd have to start playing it to remember it. Um and I have not to be honest with you, I have not picked up my guitar and actually played it and probably like actually played it for any substance and probably 10 years. And, I know. Um, so, so this is what we're going to do. That'll be a bonus for Patreon supporters. Oh, <gasps> when, when I make a Patreon for the podcast, we'll, the song. if you want we'll to get, hear we'll get together in song. person and we'll, 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 we'll play, we'll re-record Maybe. your 13 year old self songs. Oh my gosh. That would be so cool. We'll um, I will, I will remember, I'd have to pick up my guitar and start playing it. Uh, what's interesting is I'm, I have a little bit of an issue with authority. <laughs> in my life in general for many reasons don't do it Um, then don't um, do it no 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 no. (laughs) hold on no i want you to defy me (laughs) (laughs) don't do it (laughs) little reverse psychology yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um so i played guitar i loved it it was like my again it was my expression it was i did it for myself um and i didn't do a lot of things for myself i still don't um, I, I'm way better at it now. <laughs> and I have, you know, I, I've, I've gotten to the point where I've healed a lot of that, where I'm like, I don't feel bad about doing things for myself. Um, but guitar was one of those things when I had almost nothing to myself. That was one thing that was mm. nobody like it was me. It was my work. It was my emotion. It was my talent. And it was the output of that. It was my ability to express all of that. And I was okay at it. And other people liked that I did that. And it became like, a, oh, you should do this for this person, or you should do that for that person, or you should play your guitar at that event. Or, and, mm. oh, now it was like I was being signed up to do things when it was never supposed to be for everybody else. It was supposed to be for me. Mm. Um, and that defiant, that, you know, 14, 15 year old defiance kicked in. And I was like, nope, I'm not playing guitar anymore. So I what you're telling me is you won't record a song for the Patreon. Oh, now I will. <laughs> like now I don't give a shit. I'm, I told you I'm over that. I've, I've worked right, through right, that trauma right, over the right. last uh, 15 years, but that was, that was a very real thing was I finally had something that really meant a lot to just me and only me. And I did it for myself. And it was like, I don't want to use the word exploited. Like it was exploited, but it's not like I was freaking, you know, little Britney Spears or anything. No, but, <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, exploited on my own personal emotional level and paired with that like you know <laughs> that like you know rage against the machine type fuck everybody and it's only yeah. for me. I was like I'm not gonna play this guitar ever again yeah. so um I I loved it I played it I, I pick it up and mess with it once in a while but I um I, I cannot play like I'm not educated in playing guitar anymore like I used to be so I I've now I'm at a place where I could pick it up and do it again, but I just don't, you know, five million other things I'm passionate about now too. So yeah. it's all, you know, it ended up well, but that was my story behind me playing guitar. I'm also, I sing, I love singing. Yeah. Um, I've done a few solos and that kind of shit, but nothing in my adult life to write home about. 
<laughs> oh, I I love that. I didn't know. I had no idea that you had written three songs as a teenager and they're somewhere out there in the ether they're produced and, then, and recorded <laughs> we literally like okay so we'll send this episode to connor and then we'll see we'll get your song recorded and we'll see if he'll come do a follow-up episode with us and listen to <gasps> your song and he can describe to us what it evokes for him i might melt into the ground <laughs> We'll see if we can make that happen. If anybody listening to this, uh, no matter how I'll far give the him, future I'll give is, him a free reading. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll exchange some some uh, some woo ha ha. Going back to this locational astrology thing, I was curious, what are your top three places in the world that you have a deep desire to someday visit? I think it's changed throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, recently my number one right now is Ireland specifically like Galway another place that I have absolutely no connection to whatsoever that I've always really wanted to go is um uh New Zealand I don't know why I'm just like I would love to go to New Zealand um and Italy to an extent I don't care about like you know the cities or Rome I want to go to like the Italian countryside just something about it. I just want to sit and be in it. Mm. Those are like nation, you know, not nationwide, internationally. Those are a few places that I would absolutely love to go. And I'll throw like Wales in there, but that's more, again, that's more so from a um, family history perspective. Just glancing at your, your astro chart here. The closest line you have to Italy is your Venus IC line. So just like, yeah, like what you were just expressing, just like wanting to just just love the environment, mm-hmm. just be in the place, not for any specific objective or goal, but just because it it's drawing you there for some inexplicable reason. It's because you're I Venus. literally just want to go like sit in a meadow. That's like all I want yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your Venus line goes right through there. And then flanking it on the other side is your Mars descendant. It actually goes through um, like the south of France and like Cologne, Germany, your your descendant Mm. Mars. So the descendant Mars, I mean, Mars can be a tough line, but also Mars has great like, you know, wanting to take action, you know. Um, I was going to say, remind me again what that it's all about it all yeah and the descendant is like you'll see that in other people so like mm, i I wouldn't recommend going to your descendant mars maybe don't don't (laughs) maybe don't go there yeah just don't go there don't go there don't go to like don't go to like don't go to cologne germany (laughs) i have Uh, no desire to go to germany or or stockholm (laughs) even though Um, i am very german i have zero desire to go to germany so your neptune descendant is this blue one that kind of skirts really close to Ireland and like Northern Scotland. It doesn't go mm-hmm. right through them, but it comes close. It intersects your icy Mercury very, very close. So your Mercury line does actually like go through the West coast of Ireland there. So your Mercury IC is like, Ooh, ooh, I just got this download. Like 
the reason you're being called to go to Ireland is because you will like communicate with the land there, like communicate. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. The spirits of the land and connect in that way and possibly like catapult your mediumship to a new level. I could mm. see that. I could see right, that. Well, and being that I'm you're going you're, next month. It's gonna- <laughs> and like and like Neptune, Neptune is is Neptune rules Pisces. Neptune is like the deep the deep depths, watery intuition. Neptune rules all that like mm-hmm. spiritual realm. And the descendant being like, you'll connect to that in the people there. So that feels really, really um, advantageous or or agreeable for your mediumship. Mm, realm. I love so that. I think going I to I have Ireland, a sneaking suspicion that might be kind of where a little bit of it comes from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so even if you don't, let's say you want to go there but you don't know when like you can draw that energy in now through pictures of ireland learning gaelic uh talking to people from ireland listening to irish music you know Mm -hmm. like this back into this realm of the musical imprint look up artists who are from ireland and listen Mm -hmm. to them and with the intention of deepening your spiritual practice oh i love that thank you yeah, that's how we can draw in this locational stuff without actually going to the place. Because of that, like, imprint. Yes. Mm, this is so the, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about in the U.S.? What are some of the top three places you've never been that you would like to visit? <laughs> Aside from Omaha, um, Nebraska. <laughs> uh, definitely the Pacific Northwest. Um, I've never been up that way, and I... It, looks gorgeous and beautiful and actually i have the same feeling about that area that i do about ireland um it's like i just need to be there like i i need to see the redwoods i need to be in the woods i need to just Mm. like experience the energy and the visuals and the smells and everything i just want to like be in it up there Mm -hmm. um i've actually had the really awesome opportunity a few years ago through my full-time job to do a lot of traveling and uh, you know national nationwide traveling and until that year that I spent I think I had like oh my god 63 flights or something that year and um so I got to go to a lot of cool places both cities and like middle of nowhere and um so I've I've been lucky enough to actually see a lot of the U.S. at this point but nothing brought me to um the PNW and I still haven't been to Arizona, which the only reason I want to go is like to Sedona or whatever is just because of the spiritual connection. But I also feel like I'm not necessarily missing out on anything if I don't. It's just like another cool place I'd like to go. Mm-hmm. What about like Alaska, Hawaii? Oh, Alaska, a thousand percent. Like, I don't even know why I didn't say that. Um, I was probably thinking continental US. <laughs> the yeah, Alaska is probably number one on that list of places I really, really want to go. Yeah. You've got, you've got four, your, 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 the, you've got these like two different like groups of four placements that travel, kind of travel together across the globe. You've got that cluster that goes through Omaha. And then um, you've got this other cluster that's the Neptune, Saturn, uh, Uranus, Venus. These four lines kind of are always close together. And all four of those go through Alaska for you. Your, your Saturn IC and they're most of them are IC lines. So that it's all about the environment. It's all about just like mm. being, feeling the energies of 
those energies just through physically being there mm-hmm. like like the one in in italy too so that's cool <gasps> oh my gosh so oh. i'm i just <laughs> i don't know why i didn't think about this because i was literally just having this conversation uh like three days ago um another one of my top artists is van morrison who's super irish i i don't know why I don't know. It's like, yeah, like one of those like soulful connections. Yeah. Um, it just hit me. And I was just talking about Van Morrison like a few days ago, like about being in Ireland and him being from Ireland. And there was actually this whole story. My brother-in-law had the whole story about meeting him. Um, it's funny. Your brother met him? My brother-in-law. Yeah. My sister's yeah. husband met him one time and you too. Oh. <laughs> well, had a really great story about it. That's cool. So even just talk connecting to him connecting to van morrison via your brother-in-law is like it's Mm -hmm. like you're picking up that vibration now secondhand and that's Mm -hmm. still going to connect you to that place just as much that's so cool that's so cool so cool and recent yeah yeah awesome cool well hey thanks for diving deep with me into this for the last oh, you know any hour and a half this is fantastic <laughs> and i love that you have helped uh kick my butt and initiate me into doing this and um you're like the ideal person for me to talk to about all this stuff so oh hey you made it to the end of the episode what did you think are you fascinated by this all Do you have loads of questions now? Are you going to go look up some charts of all your favorite musicians? (laughs) Well, come on over to my Patreon page at the link in the show notes and let me know all about it. I would also really love it if you could leave a rating and review and share the podcast with a friend who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, keep on rocking, my friends.